step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It's time for Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Holy crap, I don't know who the hell we think we are. Get off our show, idiot! The kids are playing their tail off, and the coaches are screwing it up! Go play intramurals, brother! Go play intramurals! They're supposed to be mature adults, but they're really not. Who's the kid here? Who's the kid here? Are you kidding me? Now here's Nick Coffee. All right, let's get it started, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in. Happy President's Day. A President's Day edition here of Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. My name is Nick Coffee, the company man. He's the president of Coffee and Company. Is uh, the company man, Mr. John Alden. And uh, we're with you for the next three hours. And because it is President's Day, uh, we are going to take a little bit of a, of, a, of a change of direction here. We're going to talk nothing but politics for the next three hours, just because it being President's Day. Which, if we did do that, I mean, I wouldn't even be, I mean, I'm, I, I don't consider myself to be even remotely informed about up-to-date, you know, up-to-the-minute, if you will, political, you know, conversations that are, that are taking place. But I kind of feel like, at times, when you get to talking about Louisville basketball, it really turns into what, is, what, what you see in the political world is people just yelling at each other. Right. And I choose to believe that the, you know, the majority is, you know, quiet in the middle and not, you know, insane. But then again, you know, those people aren't the ones you hear from as much. So happy President's Day, everybody. Are you surprised we get a comp day for this? I'm not surprised, but I'm glad we do for sure. Me too. And and I'll never be able to explain it. But whenever everybody that works for iHeart outside of those that are on live programming, gets the choice to either take the day or, you know, work and get a added day off later. I mean, it's we're still all getting the same amount of time, right? We're not cheating the system, but it just feels like a freebie. I don't know what I it is. I love it because I can use this day later on when, like, louder than life comes to town and, you know, take the day off then. Yeah, I love it. I really do. I mean, we miss everybody who's usually here, but, you know, they celebrate President's Day, and we do as well, but we just, you know, there's no days off for us. That's sort of our – that's sort of our – um our lifestyle here with uh, within the show. All right, uh, we are loaded with a lot of things to get into to recap the weekend, and uh, we're going to do that in just a moment. But I do want to let you know once again, we are fueled by Thornton's, and if you've not signed up, signed up to become a member of the Refreshing Rewards program, you should because uh, you're going to save money every time you get gas. There's the Frequency Club, which means if you purchase if you purchase something pretty frequently, you'll then get one free. Hence the name Frequency Club. So there's all kinds of different things you can uh, you can check out that are a part of that club. You know, if there's a certain energy drink, if it's a fountain drink, I mean, they've got not only the Fizz Freeze, which I get every morning for my kids, um, but also they've got the Nugget Ice that you get when you get a fountain drink. And I don't know what it is about the Nugget Ice, but it's famous and it's great. 
And if you get those regularly, let's say you stop in a few times a week, you know, sure enough, before long, maybe the ninth or tenth one, whatever one it is, you can check the app to see how many you have to get. But at some point, it's going to be free. So again, sign up, refreshingrewards.com, download the app today, and I believe you'll be happy that you did. Did you have a good weekend, John? I had a great weekend. Do anything uh, anything crazy? Nothing super magical, uh, I would say. I know you got to go to Indianapolis, so I'm sure you had a good time. I did, man. It was a really good weekend. Uh, we'll get into the All-Star event and the All-Star game because it is... Here's what's happened. The NBA All-Star game has become, I think, a legitimate talking point nationally, even those who maybe don't like the NBA, but it's for the wrong reason. It's because last night really seemed like the night where I think everybody collectively agreed this just doesn't, this is a waste of time. So we didn't go to the All-Star game. We had no plans in doing that. But what I did is I took a trip that was different than really any road trip that I've ever taken before because I went to Indy for the day and we stayed the night with my three-year-old son, my dad, and my eight-year-old nephew. And we did the Indy, the NBA All-Star practice early on Saturday morning. And that was actually at Gainbridge. And I didn't realize it, but... Everything else was actually at Lucas Oil, which makes sense. There's more, you know, more space there. But the practice, I mean, look, I'll put it this way. This is the best way to describe it. If it was just me, I would have complained. I mean, I, I wouldn't waste my time doing it on the, this show because none of you care. But, like, I would have felt very underwhelmed, and I would have been very, very critical of the NBA All-Star process, the events, just because, I mean, it's all fluff. There's no, I mean— they charge you like 40 bucks to get in for the practice, and they don't do anything. Um, and they introduce players and interview them here and there, and they do like half-court shots. And, you know, if you don't have like really low-level seats, you can't even like see from like, you know, what do they call it? The Not the bowels of the arena. But when you, I mean, you're walking around an arena and there's, you know, different, you know— um, like, like a terrace of sorts. Yeah, yeah. Like you, they block it all off to like, you know, they're just money grabbing, which they can because it's the NBA. So there are many things that I'm just thinking like, man, what a waste of money. Who would do this? Like what a sham. But then I see how much fun my three-year-old and my nephew are having. And like that made it to where it was great. And that was new for me because usually like if we take our kids to like the zoo and do things like that and we go on trips. But it's usually as a family and it's, you know, a vacation. This was sort of a, you know, just an adventure, if you will. So we started in Indy at the NBA All-Star practice, left there and went to um, Hinkle Fieldhouse, which Butler got their rear end kicked. I mean, they got blown out by a good Creighton team. And big thanks to my buddy Andrew Lentz, who's on the uh, the Butler staff. He used to work here at Louisville under Chris Mack, and he hooked us up with great seats, and we got to go on the floor after the game and uh, meet some of the you know, kids, got to meet some of the players, that kind of stuff. And it was awesome. Um, but Hinkle is a phenomenal environment. I mean, just an absolutely phenomenal environment. I don't – I mean, I, I can't think of anything like it. I really don't know if there's a venue in college basketball or really anywhere that that is that is similar to that. And I really can't even pinpoint what makes it so unique because it's certainly not humongous, but it's not tiny. But just the way it's laid out, I mean, it's it's old nice, if that makes sense. What would you call that? Vintage? That's a good word. And there's there's parts of Cameron Indoor that's like that too, but there's also parts of Cameron, from my experience, that's just old. I mean, it didn't seem like Hinkle was in any way like old and rusty. It was like old and vintage. That's the best way to describe it. So uh, that was a lot of fun. But, you know, the, the live bulldog, you know, the bulldog mascot, he, at timeouts, he would ride out on like a, like a 
a motor, like he was on a car, uh, you know, a, what do you like call Like an it? RC car. Yeah, like he was riding on top of it and somebody was behind him, you know, controlling it. But like my, my three-year-old, like that was the highlight of the weekend for him as he got to see a dog riding in a car and he assumed, you know, the dog's driving. So that was a lot of fun. And then we went downtown to, in, we were, we were going to go downtown to Indy to kind of experience, you know, fan fest, that kind of stuff. But one, it was freezing cold. I mean, really, really cold. And the kids were tired and like, we just decided to, you know, the fellas go to a sports bar, watch some college basketball, have some dinner. And I was in bed by 10 o'clock, John. I'm proud of you. I'm, that's, that's a well, that's a well-earned early rest for a hardworking father. And I'm going to sound like so selfish when I say this, but every aspect of the trip, I think if it was me and you, John, or me and, you know, my wife, like if I did everything that I did and it was not with my, my nephew and my son and my dad, it was just, you know, a buddy or my wife or whoever, I would have been like, man, that trip sucked. Like we didn't like we didn't do it, but it felt like one of the best trips ever because of the kids. And it makes me want to do more stuff like that. So um, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, are thinking, man, that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. But the kids had fun and it was a cool, you know, bonding time with the fellas. And, you know, we enjoyed ourselves. But. The NBA All-Star Game overall, I mean, here's the issue that the NBA has. And it's a, it's a surprising issue to me because the NBA is really, really good at marketing their stars. And I think their stars are really, really good at being likable, right? They're really, really personable. Now, we don't really know them, right? They may be jerks. They may be, you know, just putting on a front because, hey, the better you are from a PR perspective, the more money you can make, the more famous you can be, right? So... Could all be a front, could be legit, whatever. But every one of them, rather you are, again, I'll give you an example. When they introduced players at the all-star practice, some of them were like, you know, smiling and, you know, waving to kids and all kind of stuff. Like, I'm not a big Steph Curry fan, but he's great at that. Steph Curry is phenomenal at embracing the role that he has as a star in the league. And, you know, it, it's something you notice when you have, when you, when there's kids around. That's why kids love Steph Curry. He is kids' favorite player in the NBA. I'm not even sure it's close. At least a lot of kids. Not everybody, but young kids love him. But then like Kevin Durant, he looked like he wanted to be anywhere other than there and, you know, didn't even like hold his hand up when they announced him in front of the crowd, just walked out like he hated life because that's Kevin Durant. Doesn't mean he's a terrible person, but like, you know, all of them together though, collectively, outside of maybe Steph just because he did participate and he initiated the entire three-point shootout, situation that he did there with Sabrina but everybody else is too cool they're all too cool for it and that's why the product sucks I mean they don't try they don't care and it's always been that way in the all-star game but the level that it's come to now is just it's it's insulting for people who tune in to watch it's insulting for people who pay the insane amount of money to go to the actual game like why would you do that There's something to be said about being in an arena when you know the best basketball players on planet Earth are all there together and they're all playing on the same floor. Like that's that's as a basketball super fan. That for so long always kept me tuning in to the beginning of the all star game because of that. But not anymore. Didn't watch a second of it last night. Didn't have any interest and being there on Saturday and being around it. Made me even more so like, yeah, Adam, this is nothing. This is nonsense. So I don't know how they fix it, but when Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, is clearly bothered by it, I mean, do you just pull the plug? 
Because here's the reality of it. You could get rid of every all-star game in every professional sport, and it would not impact that league in a negative way, in my opinion. They're just not necessary. There's no real harm in having them, but the NBA is in a position now where anytime it's talked about, it's, it's turned to the Pro Bowl, right? The Pro Bowl doesn't exist anymore because it became such a stupid, senseless thing that made no sense. And now they do something during that week, but it's not an actual game, right? Like it's nothing like what it, you know, it's not an actual football game where you have, you know, essentially the All-Stars. The NBA is going to end up there too. Or maybe they just, you know, decide to completely end it and just name All-Stars, but don't, you know, have an event because... It just seems like the PR hit they're taking is next level this time around. And I I wouldn't have had this thought if it wasn't for Adam Silver clearly being so bothered by it. Because here's here's something that matters more than, you know, PR. Numbers, money. And people still bought tickets. People still probably watched. And like from a from a win-loss, net positive, you know, look at it, it probably isn't something that they lose money on. I'm sure they make a lot of money. But it's a joke. And I feel like for some reason yesterday was like the ultimate because I, I didn't find yesterday's score. And again, I didn't watch it, but I didn't find yesterday's score in anything I've heard about the game and highlights I've seen. I didn't find it to be that much different than the same All-Star game we've been complaining about for a long time. Now, they did the Elam ending at one point that that gave it a little bit of a, of a, of a you know, some new flavor, you know, to where you did maybe at the end find yourself wanting to watch to see who won. But that wasn't enough to to, to really change this thing from anything what it is. And to me, it's just a waste of time. But anyways, uh, something LeBron said, uh, rarely will I ever start the show in, three, in, in, in the month of February in the three o'clock hour and mention I've got LeBron sound to kind of keep listeners on the edge of their seat, making them want to stick around. Ooh, let's hear LeBron talk because I know a lot of people vomit when they hear LeBron talk. I get it. Um, but he said something, you know, he, he was just kind of on one of his, I wouldn't call it a rant because it wasn't that, but like LeBron just started talking last night and it was the ultimate like, proof if we already didn't have enough proof that this man is not really with us on planet earth he is in his own world and his own bubble and he has no self-awareness now that doesn't mean he's a bad guy because i think overall lebron has always for the most part seemed to be a pretty good human that is a good role model for kids in, in most instances but man hearing him talk about a potential farewell tour i mean it he has no clue no clue how he is perceived and how insanely, you know, I guess naive he thinks all of us are. So yeah, weekend was good. Uh, weekend was, uh, was, was, was good. Now, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you this. I didn't watch a whole lot of the Louisville-Pittsburgh game, and I don't think I needed to. I didn't seek it out. I mean, I was checking here and there to see like what the score was, but you know, once Pittsburgh started kind of running away with it, I, you know, I left it alone. I didn't need to watch it. And I was really happy to not be doing the postgame show because I probably would have said then what I'm about to say right now, and that's this. There's nothing we can say about Louisville basketball that we already haven't said a million times. And the result Saturday, as far as you know, getting blown out, having one player score 41 points against you, and that one player, you know, at one point scoring more than then you know he at one point maybe even late into the first half had more points himself than Louisville had as a team and it's just another one of the many things i mean it's just that that's another statistical first time ever thing happening that there are many of 
and it's not surprising. So, like, what's the reaction? What are we? How are we? How are we reacting to Louisville? You know, having a week where after beating a bad Georgia Tech team, they get blown out in the second half against Boston College. They go on the road, shorthanded, of course, without Tyler Johnson, and get blown out by a team that I think is good in Pittsburgh and a player who is one of the best scorers in the country, one of the best shooters in, in Blake Henson. Like, what's the reaction? Because to me, it's the same thing that we're already, you know, exhausted with. It's the same stuff we've been saying for far too long. So I'm, if you all have thoughts, comments, analysis, questions about Louisville basketball, feel free to, you know, interact with us. But I'm not sure what I can say that I haven't already said way too much already. So we'll see. I mean, they've got Notre Dame tomorrow at home. That is the best chance they have to get a a, a win before this regular season comes to an end. It's not the only chance. I mean, they have games against teams that I feel like they can beat, but like like expecting them to do it is a different situation. And yeah, right now, Notre Dame, 68-66, a Louisville win is the projected score. I'm sorry, it's Wednesday and not, and not, um, not Tuesday. But then they go to Duke next Wednesday on the road, Syracuse at home, Virginia Tech at home, Boston College at home. That's how they finish up the season. And, you know, 10 wins, I'd say, is the max. Wouldn't be shocked if they get eight, you know, just because how could you be shocked if they don't win another game? And then we wait to see what, what happens, right? If there's any kind of an announcement, if there's any kind of, you know, statement from the school as far as what they're doing. And I'll, I'll get to this in the next segment. It's not like I'm going to tease some, you know, big earth-shattering news. But one of the things I've said for a while about Louisville and the future with Kenny Payne is that I have no clue, right? I've been pretty honest that I have no idea what's going to happen or what, you know, if there's a plan in place, even something that became a big discussion among Louisville fans at the midway point of the season around Christmas time, right? You know, Josh Sherrod had a plan in place. He was told no, he couldn't do it. Like, I have no clue if that's true or not. I could believe it being true and I could believe it not being true. I don't know. So because I've just mentioned, you know, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. It finally got somebody to reach out to me that I know that would know that at least just wanted to give me a little context into, you know, where things are going and it doesn't prove anything. It's not, you know, it's not that. But I now feel even more confident than ever that they will like there's like he's not going to Kenny Payne will not be here for year three so there's a little more I want to add to that and I'll wait till later because I do want to talk about Kentucky really quickly here because they got a monster win at Auburn and they needed it not only for you know to kind of you know give them a, a boost as far as you know I mean that's a big win for them that's their best win of the season well, I guess no. Carolina and a neutral site is still, but I don't know. If you go off the, I mean, I can't sit here and tell you that that beating Auburn at Auburn is a bigger win than beating Carolina, but the numbers and the res, you know, the, the formulas that they follow tell us that it is. But you know that 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 puts them to where Kentucky shouldn't have to worry about like missing the tournament, which they really weren't ever going to be in that position, but like it was possible. So you know they beat an Auburn team that, if you remember, on Friday. And I doubt many remember or pay attention to, you know, that. But I looked at Auburn in real time, knowing it was a big challenge for Kentucky. And I looked up and down and I said, you know what? Auburn may be the best example out there that the net and the Ken Palm just don't make sense. And it's not to discredit Kentucky at all. That's not where I'm going. But like Auburn's a team that I don't understand how they were ranked 
six or seven or five, wherever they were. I'm not saying they're not good, and it doesn't matter because, hey, if the net thinks they're a top-five team and Kentucky beats them on the road, that's a monster win. But Auburn's a team that wants to play the way Kentucky plays, and they couldn't do it as well on Saturday. They couldn't score, and Kentucky, you know, they got a lot of guys that can score it, especially when the game is being played at a very fast tempo. So beating Auburn, you know, doesn't really make me feel differently about Kentucky because I've always felt like their ceiling is really high. But the floor is lower than I would have expected because of the things because of the things we've seen when they play teams, you know, that 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 you know, we know aren't great that can beat them. But here and we'll get into this more when we just talk the overall college basketball, you know, landscape because I mean, I'm convinced that UConn's the only team that, like, right now, when we say they're playing at their very best, there's a good chance they're going to be national title contenders and they probably are going to win. And outside of that, like, teams that are the other one seeds, the two seeds, three seeds, not to say they're not worthy of being where they are, but I feel like they could lose to a seven seed and we couldn't really sit back and say it's like a big shock. So, you know, here's the reality. for If you're a team like Kentucky that you know is safely in the tournament, you know, probably, a, you know, for sure a top 30-ish team, regardless of where your bracketology seating is right now. If you're one of those teams, you probably don't feel great about your season, especially if you're Kentucky, because I think they expect it to be a lot better than they are right now as far as their record and the resume and all that kind of stuff. But I think if you look at the field, it doesn't really matter. Because I think we've got one team that has a chance to be elite, elite, and then the next tier that we know is you know a group of teams that we'd say are the best outside of UConn, but those teams are beatable more so than I feel like they have been in previous years. And I feel like again, if you're if you're if you're safely in the tournament, and you're anywhere between I don't know, like obviously if you're a team that's on the one, two, three, maybe even the four seed line, you probably feel pretty good about where you are. You feel pretty good about your season, but anybody that's like you know five to eight, again you know the dreaded eight nine you know and then playing the one seed in the second round is not what anybody wants, but I'm telling you, if it ain't UConn who you get in the second round, like, like let's just look up a bracketology here. And I know we got to get to break in just a moment, but I'm going to find the latest bracketology out here. And it doesn't even have to actually, it doesn't even matter how recent it is. But Joey Brackets, Mr. Lenardi, he's the first one that came up. He's got, let's say, so Purdue, who lost yesterday to Ohio State after Ohio State fired their coach, you know, Purdue. If they win against 16 seed, whoever it is, in Lenardi's bracket, they're going to play either Texas or Texas A&M. Texas beating Purdue in the second round would be an upset because, you know, it's an 8 versus a 1. But if you consider what we've seen in college basketball throughout the year, how surprised are you going to be? I mean, Purdue's the obvious joke because, you know, they lost to a 16 seed last year. But let's use Arizona, for example. Let's say Arizona... Let's say they, you know, they they get past their 16 seed, which they probably will. And let's say they've got, let's just say, I'm trying to pull a different, let's say they they they've got Mississippi State or Florida or, you know, who are some other teams? Northwestern on yeah. the A9 line. Yeah, like those kind of teams. I mean, I wouldn't expect Arizona to lose, but if they did, I mean, I think we could say that it kind of makes sense, right? I mean, I just feel like that's the kind of year that, 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 that we're having in college basketball. And it doesn't mean that we're just guaranteed to get a bunch of upsets. But as someone who doesn't have a team to really pull for in the tournament, I think it could be, it could make it a lot of fun. And I also feel like it could be really fun to bet on because if you're like, 
I doubt there's anybody that's put together the work to do this, but I'd love to see an average spread based off seeds only, right? When you've got a second-round matchup between an 8 and a 1 or a second-round matchup between, you know, let's say a 6 and a 3, like what's the average line for a favorite? Because I feel like we're going to have some really, really small spreads regardless of seed lines, and that could make it, you know, that could make it fun to bet on. It's going to be fun to bet on regardless, but anyways. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll go back on the other side, keep this thing rolling along. Phone lines are open if you want to call in and, you know, celebrate President's Day with us. 502-571-7900. John, I'm going to challenge you real quick here. You think you could play a song that has presidents in the title for every rejoin today? We can try. I know of one off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's more out there. We'll have some fun with it. Happy President's Day, everybody. So sometimes the text line genuinely brings really clever, clever, funny things to the show. Now, sometimes I can't share that on the air because it's, you know, it's beyond the FCC uh Limits, right? You know, things you can't, just inappropriate things you can't say on the radio. Um, but this, this is someone who says, I think, it's pl- I think it's pretty clear politically where you guys side. Matt Jones took off President's Day, no comp day, to celebrate his president, Joe Biden. You Trumpers refuse to work on President's Day because Biden is not your president. I, I assume and believe you're truly trying to be funny there. But like, it is wild that there may be people who truly see it that way. Right. They're like, Matt didn't Matt didn't work today, which I guess he didn't. I'm just taking I'm taking this, you know, this person as if they're being honest. But I'm sure if Matt didn't work today because he wanted to use the day off and not take a comp day, it probably had nothing to do with who the president is. But I don't know. What's funny is President's Day is really just supposed to celebrate the birthdays of two specific presidents. Right. Isn't that where the, You're the holiday the came from? You're asking the wrong guy. I have no clue. <laughs> Speaking of of, you know. Our former president, Donald Trump. Have you seen the shoes? No. We'll talk about that later because it's one of those – well, I'll save it because you know I don't want to get people riled up about politics. But there's Donald Trump shoes that uh, are a big ticket item right now, and it just – you know, I got an idea. If you and, if you and I ever really want to just you know get rich elsewhere because it's hard to get rich in this business, John, I got an idea that I want to run by you. But we'll save it for the end of the hour here. Let's get back on track. Let's talk about some serious sports stuff, shall we? Because it is Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's here on Sports Talk 790. Sports Talk, hence the name. This is a sports show, and we're super professional, and that's what we do. But look, I got nothing to add for the Pittsburgh game other than just, you know, not a surprise. Um, and, you know, for some, for some that are really just going out of their way to, I guess, Here's what I don't understand, and I don't need to understand it because, you know, you do you, I'll do me, and and that's the way I'm going to continue to go about it. I'm not bothered by people who have a different opinion about what Louisville basketball should do and, and what Josh Hurd should do and all that kind of stuff because, you know, they're entitled to their own opinion. But one thing that really, you know, when you're just sharing your thoughts and you are, and by the way, like for those who, why are you talking, like, this is this is my this is my job. Like this is what like this is what I do. Like I'm I'm it, I'm employed by a company to come on the air and talk sports and the one most the most talked about thing in this city for a long time during this time of year has always been Louisville basketball along with Kentucky basketball. So like for people thinking me just bringing up Louisville basketball is a way for me to just do anything I can to to take a run at Kenny Payne like again consider the fact that I'm this is what I'm this is what I'm this is what I do. It's my job. 
And for those who blame negative people like myself with a platform on the failure that has been the Kenny Payne era, like we don't, I mean, even if we wanted to do that, we don't need to because the results speak for themselves. People could have not shared a single comment on Kenny Payne, good or bad, and if he still has the results he has right now, this thing ran its course and ended without anybody needing to be, you know, over the top one way or the other. So, you know, I, I felt the same for really the entire year. There's been some moments throughout this year where you could distract yourself from the obvious, and that was, I wouldn't say super enjoyable, but hey, it's better than what we've gone through for the majority of the Kenny Payne era, like what we saw Saturday against Pittsburgh. So, and, 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 and I think if there's one real takeaway from this year, other than, you know, the obvious, it is that there are players on this team that have some talent. And I think that's been proven. I've said that since day one, even when they lost to Kentucky Wesleyan. And, you know, at that time you had people who disagreed, one, because they just, you know, they just, when they see a team that struggles as badly as this team did in November and December, they refuse to believe there's anybody on the team that would have made their high school squad. But then there's others who are in the camp of just making it everybody's fault but Kenny's. They say that, you know, there's not talent. He's got to get time. You know what I mean? Like they'll, they, they'll say that there's no talent because they'll use that as an excuse for his lack of results, which what they don't realize they're doing is that like them not having any players that in their mind are good enough is, is also on him. Like at the end of the day, it all falls on the head coach who's responsible for the program. So anyways, you know, it's, it's, it's just been the waiting game for me. And what I mean by that is waiting to see if there's action taken by the university to make a move and get a new coach. And I still will tell you that, like, I don't know for sure what's going to happen. I think a lot of us have just assumed that they will make a change. But after the last few weeks of me just continuing to say, I have no clue, we'll wait and see, somebody reached out to me that, that you know, isn't, I mean, I guess it is somebody that I would consider a source, but, you know, it, it's, that's not even really the, the relationship that I have with them. It's just somebody that I know that would know and wanted to inform me more so, I guess, just to probably put people at ease. That's my guess. And... They're, I mean, they've, they've told me straight up that there's, they're going to make a change, which is, I think, rather obvious. But the mid-year situation where everybody assumed Kenny was going to be let go during that long break, and at that point, I don't really think, and again, we'll, you know, it's not worth going back and, and, and revisiting it, but I do feel like at that time, there were fewer people advocating for that not to happen than ever. I think those that were supportive and of the belief that, you know, this isn't his fault and he needs more time to show if he's capable of of being a good enough coach to be the coach at Louisville, like those people were as quiet as ever. You can always find some, but again, that's why I think if it would have happened, there would not have been a huge uproar from those that claim Louisville made a mistake, they did him wrong. I mean, again, you would have some, there's no doubt about that. But nationally, it it had become a, a talking point by those who cover college basketball that at any moment, like, they're going to do it, right? So they didn't. And for me, I guess just because I'm a, I'm a worrier, I thought, okay, well, wow, maybe they don't see it the way that, that we do. Maybe, you know, what you hear from announcers on games when they come out and basically blame it all on everybody but Kenny and lie 
and say Louisville hasn't had any success since Rick Pitino was the coach and that the program was broken and that UofL, you know, essentially they're going to have a tough time getting recruits unless fans stop being critical. Like, I mean, it's just nonsense. Makes me want to vomit just, just thinking about it. But when you hear that and there was no action taken, it also makes you wonder, like, maybe that's the way the administration sees it. Like, that's scary. Hard for me to really believe that. But then again, you don't really know. So I do feel comfortable in saying that there was a, there was a plan to get rid of Kenny mid-year. And it wasn't as if Josh was forced to say, nope, you stand down, you're not doing it. It was more of a, hey, let's not do it. And it's not because they're advocating as if Kenny is going to be the guy long-term. They just didn't want Kenny to be fired mid-year. And they wanted to give him the entire season to finish out. And the person who did, in fact, step in, from what I understand and what I believe, is somebody that is very influential to the university for a variety, in a variety of ways, including financially. And it's somebody that would probably assist financially with, you know, whatever needs to be done for Louisville basketball, even if that is getting rid of Kenny Payne, which they're probably going to do. So that put me a little bit at ease just knowing that the decision not to do it wasn't because they thought it was out of line, but I think it was more just out of respect for Kenny to let him finish the year. And I think by honoring that request, I think it'll end up paying off for Louisville, if, if that makes sense. Meaning that person who made that request will end up, you know, continuing to be supportive of Louisville men's basketball in, every, in any way they can, regardless of who the coach is. Now, there may, from what I understand, there's one person that is, that is connected to UofL from previous decades ago, and, and he's a big, big fan of Kenny. He's a close, personal, I mean, I mean, I'll just say his name, Wade Houston. There's a belief that Wade Houston is somebody that is very, 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 you know, dead set on Louisville can't get rid of Kenny after this year, and if they do, you know, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to. I'm not going to say what the rumors are because they're just rumors. I don't know. But no matter who it is, let's say it's the most, let's say it's the wealthiest, the wealthiest donor UofLs. Let's just say we had a Papa John Schnatter on steroids, a guy who, you know, wasn't a racist, but a guy who, you know, was still very much a super famous person that had an unlimited amount of money. Like, let's say we had a... Like a Mark Cuban. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a college version. Like, there's... You know, there's um, T. Boone Pickens at Oklahoma State. There's, I mean, Cuban at Indiana, but I've never really heard about him doing a whole lot financially for IU. But he, certainly they have he the could. Cuban Center. I don't know what else he's done other than that, though. Like, so let's just say that person existed at Louisville, and it was clear that they could literally give any amount of money to Louisville to do anything that's needed, and it wouldn't be an issue. If that person was holding the program hostage. You can't, I mean, you got to keep those, those people are important, they matter, but you can't ever let them truly be the ones that have all the say-so. And I hope that the university sees it that way. I mean, in fact, I don't know how true this is, but I believe it. You know, I was told one of the, one of the issues between Schnatter and Jurich towards the end, where it clearly became as if those two were enemies, was because... Papa John thought he should have, like, say-so in who gets hired and fired. And, like, you can't do that. 
Again, I, I don't know if that's true, but would would you all believe that? I would. It, I mean, just think about him, you know? So, not that you needed me to tell you. I'm sure all of you have always been thinking and been, a, and, and been of the belief that Louisville is going to make a change at the end of this year. And it's still, you know, wishful thinking. That doesn't get, you know, I don't feel for certain that it's 1,000% going to happen, but I do believe it will happen. And as far as who the next coach is, I don't know. I mean, I think we went through about a week and a half of it being nothing but Musselman. Now there's probably going to be a new name that that people are throwing out there. And I'm curious as to when we get the first report, tweet, hint, whatever it may be, that like one of these candidates that we've been talking about, or maybe it's somebody we haven't been talking about, is connected to Louisville in some form or fashion. And I mean something more legitimate than a Trilly Donovan discord. And that's not to disrespect Trilly Donovan, but you know what I mean? Like if that, if he felt for sure that Lowell was going to hire Eric Musselman, you know what he wouldn't do? He wouldn't put him behind a paywall because that's, that's, that's a scoop, right? That's, that's, you got big news, my man. So we'll see. We shall see. All right. On the other side, we're going to wrap up the uh, three o'clock hour, see if John can find another song that features presidents in the title and our plan that I'm going to, I guess, tell everybody else about so they could, you know, I'm gonna go, let me see if during the break I can get a copy, like a copyright thing to where we have this idea and we can be rich off of it and nobody else. Stick with us right here on Sports Talk 790. All right, so who is this? This is James Brown. That's what I thought. What's it called? Funky President. I like it. I don't think I've heard it, but James Brown, a legend. So he's two for two so far. We'll see. I've challenged John here on President's Day to find songs that uh, have president or presidents in the title for each of our rejoins today. So four more, and uh, I'm confident he's going to be able to get it done. I'm also confident that if you are somebody that uh, struggles with erectile dysfunction, uh, or maybe it's just, you know, low T. And for those who don't know what low T is, I would do a little bit of research. I mean, in fact, if you don't want to, I can I can tell you uh, all you need to know. Low testosterone is very common in men really of any age. I mean, it's more common for those that are probably, you know, not in their 20s, but even in your 30s, you can find yourself, if you get it checked, to not have the level of testosterone that you need for, you know, to, to, you know, to, for your age, right? Every, you know, there's a, there's a huge range of testosterone levels that you got to be really extremely low for it to be something that would alarm your physician, I would assume. But there's also levels that are, you know, a range for your age. And I, I knew something was off with me, didn't know what it was. And sure enough, I went and got my levels checked at the Louisville Men's Clinic with my man, Dr. Wood. And my levels were nowhere near where they needed to be for somebody my age. So since then, I've been getting testosterone treatment and it's been a game changer. So, you know, don't put it off because you feel like, you know, makes you weak, makes you less of a man. I mean, it's life. It happens. And for some, there's really nothing you can you can do to avoid it, but you can certainly do something about it. So give them a call, 502-444-4000, or check them out online, louisvillemensclinic.com. Their services, I mean, it's not just low testosterone or erectile dysfunction. They've got weight loss therapy. They've got hair restoration, um, things they can help you with joint pain. So it's an all-male clinic. They're super professional, and just go talk to them. Tell them why you feel like they could help, and uh, they'll know exactly if they can, and they'll, they'll do exactly that. They'll help you. So again, LouisvilleMensClinic.com, 502-444-4000. All right, so there are new shoes going for $10,000 a pop on eBay that are the Trump's Never Surrender Golden Sneakers. And 
I mean, I, I can't say I'm surprised that people are out here, and I just sent you the link, John, but I can't say I'm surprised, you know, there are people that would, you know, spend the amount of money they have if it's 10 grand to buy these because Trump has a different level of like following, right? And this isn't even a political comment. I'm not even talking about his politics, but regardless of what side you're on, Democrat, Republican, if you're a Trumpster, if you're anti-Trump, if you love Biden, you hate Biden, whatever, like we could all agree those that love Trump love him in a way that like most presidents haven't been loved by people. I don't think I'm out of line here. I don't think what I've said is controversial. I think it's just the truth. So not so surprising. But you've seen the shoes now, John. I I'm, see them. Where would you wear them? I guess at a Trump rally. <laughs> I don't know where else you would. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's one of those Maybe things. on your yacht. I think that the answer is probably you don't wear them, right? If you're paying ten thousand dollars, you probably just put them in a, in, you know, in a, in a in a case in that's your true. home and like show them off or something. Because I can't imagine wearing something that's ten thousand dollars ever feet on my feet on you know clothes whatever. So they they look almost like a, it's like a high top shape of what is like an old Converse Chuck Taylor, but it's all gold with a American flag on the back and a T on the side. Looks to be gold laces, a white, you know, I don't know. I, the very bottom is red, but then there's like a white, what do you call that? Like the, you know, the thick part of, of your of Like your some sneaker. insulation, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So you know how many knockoffs are going to be made of these? Oh, so many. We need to make our own, we need to, we need to, you know, initial investment, somebody who can, you know, make these at cost three bucks and we could charge Two fifty or five hundred, and people would buy them. John, they would. They would buy them, and you know what? Like they know they're not real because they know they can't afford the ten thousand dollar legitimate ones that apparently there are not that many of. But they just want to. They want to. You know, even if it's not legit and real, they want to make it clear. Because again, the people who love this man, they're gonna make it known in every way possible. Right? Bumper stickers, flags, T-shirts, tattoos. I mean, there's a lot of programs, celebrities, like, you know, I'm trying not to, to, to get, you know, to, to, to make it seem like I'm even talking politics here. But like the people who love Trump love him more than the people who love a lot of things. So we can we can capitalize on that, John. I've, would I you compare it to the Taylor Swift cult in I terms would, of just I, how they follow a, you know follow their life and and support everything they do no matter what? I was gonna go there because I, that's the first thing that came to mind for me is a similar thing, but I feel like Taylor's more global. That's fair, and she's got. A wider range, I think, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's not so much a niche audience. Yeah, like kids, adults, like she's just, I mean, it's just, just different. With Trump, I do think he has probably a pretty wide range of like age and whatnot, but I think they're, I don't know. There's there's only a select few, and I, we don't, I, honestly, I truly don't know, but the amount of people who would be in the Trump cult aren't the amount of people who would necessarily just vote for Trump casually. There's a difference. Yeah, exactly. I think there are, you know, let me give you an example. Your wife is a Taylor Swift fan, but she's well aware of like the cult and she's yes. not a part of that. Yes. There are people who probably will vote for Trump that aren't to the level of where, you know, they're, you know, driving across the country every weekend in a rally to still claim that he won the last election. You know what I mean? Like there are people yeah. who wouldn't do that, but they still think, okay, you know, these are our two best options. I'm going to stick with my party and go with the guy who's not, you know, 
seemingly a million years old anytime he speaks. So, you know, those kind of like it, 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 it's different. But you know what? I mean? Anybody listening knows exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to the people who like Trump in, at that level. It's just different than anything I've ever seen. And we can make money off those people, John, if we if we if we, you know, and the thing here is like we've thrown the idea out there and I'm sure others have already thought about it. They're already working on it. They got a head start on us. But we find the right supplier to get us a good price point. We buy them in bulk. We sell them. We retire early. We'll see if we can make it happen. I doubt it works, but, you know, who's, who knows? All right. We, what I do know is we have we have two more hours left here on a President's Day edition of Coffee and Company. So stick around right here on Sports Talk 790. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.